Hello and welcome to another episode of the Exalto Experience. Guys, today we have episode 12 with the man himself, Jack May. This is an absolute cracker of an episode and I'll tell you, for those of you about to strap in and listen to this, this is a man who is leading the way for young males in the Australian society and starting to venture out into the elderly population and looking at the junior population and in how to restructure or support the growth in men in our society. So this is a huge episode, guys, something that I believe massively in is allowing men to do the inner work and not be so rigid in these strong outer shells, but have the opportunity and the space to do the emotional, the spiritual, the mental and the physical work as well and really go deep with what it means to be a modern man. So Jack is a leader in this field. He's someone that I've connected to through the amazing connections of Real Movement and I'm super grateful to have sat down and had this conversation. It's an absolute vibe. Jack's a great man experimenting with a lot of things and he is someone that I look up to in this space. So very, very excited. If you're a parent of a young boy, this is an incredible episode or if you're a young teenage male yourself, I highly recommend you tuning in, listening to this and opening your mind and your heart. So enjoy guys, episode 12, the Exalto Experience, Jack May. Enjoy. Jackie, <laughs> all right, we're on. We're on. We're on. Okay, How you wow. doing? that's awesome, man. Feeling good? Yeah, really good. Thank you. My pleasure. So we just started with some breath work. <laughs> yeah. Everyone listening, everyone wondering why we're vibing. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all flushed and ready to go. <laughs> What's up, my man? How you doing? Good, man. Good, really good. Um, yeah, just sort of navigating the current climate and, and leaning into. It's funny. I'm like, I'm pushing this thing that we. I guess we were talking about this what 18 months ago, 12 months ago. Okay. Uh, 18 months ago, maybe. Yeah, and so I'm kind of like, it's it's like, you know, that old burn the boats thing. <laughs> kind of nature's the universe has given me a lot of boat, burning boats, so I'm like, well. You know, it's the kick up the arse I needed. And, and I think it's a really uh, warranted time to be looking into helping people, serving people in their health and and, uh, and stuff like that. So, yeah, like it, it seems like a, an absolute no-brainer at the moment, but it's obviously the current climate allows other, you know, fear and things to come up. But when I boil all that stuff down to like the true goal of like health, holistic health coaching, um, and especially around like men's work and stuff like that. It's just like, you know, recessions and downturns. They look at male suicide rates and everything. They go through the roof. So it's like, shit, I've been training my whole life for this thing. So it's kind of, it's kind of, yeah. And we can talk about that again. Like there's some work I've been doing around, you know, my own stuff uh, in that I've got this, uh, it's a Tony Robbins thing. I had this primary question of how do I fix this? which is kind of nice, but it also assumes that everything's broken. And further to that, it assumed I was broken. So I had to always do another course and I had to do this thing. And I, once I do that thing, I'll be right. But then I'd do it and it wouldn't be enough. And, and I was constantly searching. And so I've really cleared that in the last sort of six months or worked on clearing that. It still comes up, but, you know, I've really worked on that. And what I identified, like literally four days ago, I'm like, the question's still there to a degree but it's not an internal thing. It's not how do I fix everyone else? It's not how do I fix myself? It's like, how do I fix the societal part that I, that I believe is broken? Or like, how can I serve and make things better in the way I want to see it? And you know, that whole thing of, that we've spoken about a lot, like be the change you want to see in the world. And so instead of like trying to fix things, it's like influencing to a positive way. And we're at a, I feel we're at a point in the world where you can make that, um, that energetic shift a lot more powerful because people are searching. People are people are a bit worried, and they're you know they're they're looking for answers, and they're a bit you know this is this is unknown, and people always people deal with unknown in different ways. But it, there is a really high potential for awareness to grow, and I think. 
for both of us, like the health and wellness industry, we've both been talking about this for a long time in our own platforms. Um, I don't know about you, but I, I'm really comfortable with my health. You know, like I, all it's doing, this whole virus thing is just making me like, you know, I'm doubling down. I'm like, I'm making sure my gut health is like perfect, but I'm not worried about getting the virus. So there's a level of confidence that I'm going into this whole thing with because of that. And I'm like, well, hopefully now I can share that in a, in a more, in a really authentic way and it identifies and, and it can help more people. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited. And I'm buzzed from that breath work. So. <laughs> I can't tell. <laughs> it was powerful stuff, man. That's good, man. It's powerful. really good. I'm going to use it. Yeah. Yeah. We only did one round. I know. That's like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Three to five rounds of that, man. Man. Yeah. Who needs a coffee in the morning, right? <laughs> yeah. So, 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 so good. So, cool. Yeah. It's providing so many questions this time, hey. Yeah. So many questions up in people with like uncertainty and what is going on or what can I do or what am I, uh, what am I going to be like victimized by? Like, you know, like so many people in that victim mentality of like, oh, this is happening, of course this is happening, I'm losing my job, I'm losing income. Yeah. You know, health's, you know, compromised the world, what's going to happen? But it like brings it back to being, you know, people like yourself who are confident in your own actions and your own being. You're just like, well, what can I do? How yeah. can I serve instead of being like, what's going to happen? And thinking future tense, because then you're going to get ang or anxious. Yeah. It happen instead, just being like, well, what can I do? Yeah. Be my best self and to help others the most. Yeah. So, yeah, and also, I think like the navigating the fear for me like like we was talking just before we started really like about you know it brings up a lot of my stuff of like lack mentality and stuff and navigating that in a new light of like that that's a real fear to a degree but what what i sitting in it and staying there isn't going to make it any better so learning that that is something that's going to come up for me but being being turning up every day is going to be is a better way of attacking that that fear that I'm attaching to instead of just sitting in it and being paralyzed by it. So, yeah. And also, you know, like for me, like there's been a few little things that have come up, like there's been a little bit of a rebel that's come up and I, I don't know if you saw, like I've gone out and I went out to the um, national Kosciuszko national park. I was helping a friend move that I'd organized before the Corona thing and they were stuck. They don't have a car over van. And I was like, okay, I'm still going to do it because they are literally going to be homeless if they, we don't move. So it was a big deal. And uh, I was coming back, I uh, went down the Hume and it's just such a soulless drive. And I was like, I've never been to the snowy mountains. So I came back that way. And I think it was interesting on, on social media, I got like this full 50-50, like people were like, that's amazing. Like such a good way to spend isolation or place to be isolated in. And other people were like, no, you're not doing like social distancing. And I didn't see anyone for like two days. So I feel like I was pretty isolated, but you know, by the, yeah, I wasn't in my house. So I, I can see their point of view, but I think what came up for me was I really need like, We've spoken a bit in, in this about like the beaches being closed in Bondi and I understand that for a tourist point of view and but I've surfed like most of my life and, and that that being caged thing comes up and so dealing with that in a healthy way like I've got a van, I've got a fridge in there, a bed in there, like I didn't have to see anyone apart from a petrol station attendant like my exposure, my potential exposure or spread of the, the, the virus is absolute minimum. But the reward of that was like this amazing cathartic experience of literally hiking a mountain without a, um, a track on it and going through all these fears and all of this, this actual internal journey and the physical journey of like, I shouldn't be here. I'm, you know, like I'm taking the, like I'm doing the thing without, I'm off the beaten path. Like you have to stick in your lane, all of these programs that have been running, um, and when I, when I pushed through them, the, the result of that at the top was this whole new um, confidence in myself. And it's like, I felt that call for the week before to go out to the bush. And that experience is now taking me into this experience that I have, I, I want to share my voice. I want to push through the, the parts where I'm like, no, don't go out of your lane. Don't, don't do anything to disrupt. I'm like, no, 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 this is, this is the time to do the right thing. The, like for me and like being myself. 
So yeah, that's it's interesting how uh, I think there's a real power in taking this time to listen to yourself deeply um, and, and not breaking any rules or anything like that, but really listening to what's important to you. And for me, being in nature and having that expo that time to myself and that int introspection and that greater thing to influence me has really set me like, I've got such a fire in my belly right now. Like I'm, I know I'm on the right mission on the right path. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited. It's unreal. You kind of created your own hero's journey. Hey, eh? you just like, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm going to throw myself into that tail. Yeah. And it was like, it was sketchy because um, it was sketchy because it all burnt, right? It was all burnt. So there was no like grass cover. So the ground was like quite slippery and it got quite steep and I've been climbing and stuff since I was a kid. So I'm, I felt really comfortable in it, but there's always that I was a hundred kilometers away from any township. I had no phone reserve service. So there was that real like pushing it and those stories came up and, and then I, and I literally got halfway and I sat there and I was like, ah, you know, you've, you've done it a bit. And then I was like, no, like there's still something there. And I took every precaution. I was really careful. I didn't rush. I didn't, you know, like I was smart about it, but I definitely had to push through some of those, those uh, programs that, that I definitely feel have been holding me back from when we spoke about doing this 12 months ago. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a beautiful timing. So good. So good to hear that you're like, cause you were so pumped up about it when we spoke about it, yeah. and you had all these ideas, but you could tell it was kind of like that part. It was like, I'm not ready. Yeah. I can see it in your persona. Like you, like it just everything about your being right now is like ready to launch. Like yeah. there's that, that fire has been ignited. Yeah. 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 It was great. Um, you know, there'll be, there'll be plenty of bumps along the way, but uh, yeah, it's, it's cool to be like sitting here in this and especially like we said, like in this climate when there is so much uncertainty and stuff to have that, like, it's going to be okay. And I've got this. It's a really, it's a cool place to be. Yeah. So what's that fire look like for you? Look, I think, I think that this is the right, it really feels like this is a, the right time. I feel like the world needs this kind of leadership, this kind of voice. Um, and by world, I mean my world, like I'm not saying world, well, <laughs> world leaders could, but you know, directly, I think there's a, a social network, around me that can really use um, the voice I've got to offer, you know, and that's, you know, looking after yourself, mind, body, and soul. And I, I'm, I'm a really big believer and I, I've benefited so much from that ethos, that, that, that thought process, you know, of like what's, you know, I started off this whole journey just doing the fitness and the diet stuff and then it's morphed into this real like spiritual thing. And funnily enough, the last thing to come has been my mindset. That's been the hardest thing to break through. The, the soul, the soul stuff has really um, always been close to me and the body stuff was so easy, but the mindset stuff was the stuff that I've really battled with. And, and uh, yeah, so I think that mind, body and soul thing is, is that, that trifecta of uh, is what we need to really identify within it in ourselves. And uh I'm really keen to try and serve and, and help more people connect with that. You know, I think health coaching or holistic health coaching anyway is a real journey of self-awareness. So all I can do is support and facilitate that's that awareness. Um, and so I think like one of my, one of my really beautiful skills is just being able to hold space. It's not, it's not necessarily having all the answers. It's just knowing that I'm there for you turning up for you and willing to, you know, put myself on the line for you. And that gives in a level of vulnerability and, and that, that really conscious courageous attitude of, of let's do the work and let's go there together. And, you know, in, in the men's work I've been doing, there's a, there's a really popular saying, it's like my work is your work. So you're doing, you might be doing some work on yourself, but there's a whole heap of learning going on for me as well. And, um, that really excites me as well. You know, that excites me to the point where like I get to share, but I also get to, I get to the fruits of the labor as well. So yeah. So Yoda mentality. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the, the master is actually the student. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Um, yeah. I, I believe that a hundred times over. It's, uh, 
and it's beautiful to, to be like present to that, you know, when you're, when you're putting your stuff out and going, man, what am I going to get back? <laughs> like, I'm, there's some gifts going to come from this, you know, and uh, I'm going to really grow from this. And, and that's, I guess, to answer the question, that's the fire. Like, I'm noticing the gifts of stepping into this. Like, I'm, I'm feeling more me because I'm stepping into offering more. Like, it's, it's not necessarily about having all the answers and saving the world. It's like, I'm really noticing in myself that the gift is like putting myself out there and saying, this is what I've got. Um, so, yeah. Pass on what you've learned. Yeah. Yeah. Pass on. And yeah, I guess so. I've been like, I know the theme, like we were saying, or you've said is um, like, what is it? Um, lessons for you. Yeah. 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 So, um, and I've been thinking about it all day and I'm like, I'm so proud of where I am right now. Everything that has happened to me had to happen. Um, so I'm like, I don't know what actual lessons or in, like, or um, anything else I can, I could give, but um, because I think it all like understanding that it all has to sort of happen in some way or another to really get get where I've been. Like I, I accept that it's just, there's been some bad things. There's been some good things and all of it has made me who I am today. So it's a, it's an interesting, it's a great topic to try and discuss and unpack. Yeah, it's good. So let's, let's talk a bit about your background. Like where'd you, where'd you grow up? What was your child? Like, what was your childhood like teens? Like what kind of really shaped you into getting to this level like where you are today? Yeah, cool. That's a, that's a beautiful question actually. Um, so I grew up in the Northern Rivers of New South Wales, a um, little town called Kyogle, which is kind of between Nimbin and Lismore. Or like, yeah, so um, half hippie, half redneck. Very, very funny. Like um, two pubs, rugby league football team, no rugby union, uh, <laughs> um, you know, and then, yeah, so that was it. I grew up on a, um, we had a 250 acre property up in the mountains above Kyogre sort of thing. Uh, we had a waterfall on it, which is the, the mountains I used, to, I used to climb waterfall faces, like rock faces and time myself. So that's why I felt so good in the, on, in the mountains on, on uh, Wednesday. Um, and it was this beautiful, you know, big farm that my parents sort of built. We had solar panel and dropped honey and um, big organic veggie garden and all of that stuff. Um, so a real connection, just like absolutely in the bush, um, four drive access only up this hill, uh, no neighbors whatsoever, grew up in the nude and all of that stuff, like really, you know, in it, I guess. Um, and so a beautiful upbringing to, to be free and just, you know, run, run in the hills and have imaginary friends and learn about trees and, and ecosystems and, and all of that stuff. So it was a really, really blessed upbringing in that regard. Um, my parents, um, of course, when I was 15, so there was, there was troubles around relationship and marital life early on from the whole time. And that's been part of my, my journey. And I think the best, Thing I've learned to date is like, and, and I reckon more than I've learned, the best thing I deeply have recognized is that they were both doing the absolute best they could at the time. And there is a period of time where I went through where it wasn't good enough and that all turned into my own stuff to have to, to process. But coming out of it, sitting here right now, like I only remember the really good stuff and, and all the other stuff has shaped me to be able to sit here in compassion and love for two people that gave me a really beautiful upbringing, but also had their own shit to go through, you know? And, uh, and so, yeah, a really beautiful, beautiful upbringing, very active running around the hills. And my dad taught me to, you know, bounce a tennis ball in both hands by the time I could sort of like stand like two years old or something. So very like hand eye, <laughs> hand -eye coordinated at a young age, played lots of footy, um, played, you know, rep footy, rep basketball. So very active, always loved that. Not a particularly great student, but um, was very, like, very, I, I kind of, I empathise with people that are not good students because there were certain studies or certain teachers that I excelled at massively. Um, and so I think there's a much deeper uh, issue with 
perhaps the way we're trying to teach people um, than just identifying as a bad student. So, uh, yeah, so, but I sort of, around 15 and with all the family stuff that was going on, I sort of checked out, didn't, didn't excel really well at high school and just clocked in the hours and, and played lots of sport. Um, and then left school and didn't really have anything to do. I was teaching kids to swim for a little bit. Uh, ended up in Sydney, um, met my girlfriend at the time's uncle, and he offered me a carpentry apprenticeship. So, uh, which funnily enough leads into all the men's work that I've sort of been del delving into in the last past, the last 12 months or so, which, which I feel was really trying to access that man, like go out and do a man's trade and, you know, that's how I'll, I'll make it in the world. Um, and so, yeah, did that and, and had, had an okay time. I didn't really, I never really loved carpentry. I still don't, I wouldn't say I love it. I definitely, it's definitely not my purpose and mission to be here. Um, but it's been really good to me. You know, it's, I've learned a lot and I think there's a lot of lessons and practicalities in it that I, I absolutely, I use every day. So it's been really valuable, but it's also been a real challenge for me in that, I know that my heart wasn't in it, but I kept doing it because it was good pay by the end of it. You know, I, I like fiercely remember finishing my apprenticeship and going, sweet, like I'm not an apprentice anymore. I'm going to go earn good money and I'm set. Like life's going to be great. That's, that's all I need to do. And it's like, I think that's a real trap that young men or men in general can fall into is like, when I do this one thing, everything's going to be perfect. And it's sort of set this like, ball in motion of like just achievement 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 and uh and it's sort of just yeah it's it's interesting to sort of reflect on but yeah so carpentry came along and then um that that you like i said i got to i got to finish my apprenticeship and i was like wow is this is this is this it like i'm gonna just earn money and and like am i doing this for the rest of my life and uh, i never really felt quite right it never gelled completely and uh, a few years on, my cousin Josh, uh, he started a brand called Thrive, which is like a healthy fast food uh, business that we had 11 restaurants in Australia. And he was the one that introduced me to the ancestral health movement. Um, and together we, we built this brand up. Uh, and that was really my beginning in this whole, you know, I trained at the gym, but I was still like, <laughs> I was still eating like pasta and bread to like carb load before I went to the gym, you know, and this whole movement of ancestral health and ancestral living just from the minute I found it, it made sense. Like it just made so much sense that that's the way we evolved to be. And my body runs really well like that. So I sort of fell not even in love with it, but just like, just so right. Like it just slipped into life. Right. Yeah. 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 And so that sort of started this whole journey. Um, during the, the Thrive time, there was a really nasty uh, relationship breakup. And I sort of guessed, and, and where I had to face a lot of my own shit, like what kind of person are you turning into? And when I look back again through the men's work and stuff, it was a real like, what kind of man are you turning into? Or like, are you turning into the man you want to be? And that was about 20, I think that was 26, 26, yeah. Um, not that I was being a horrible person, but it was a real wake-up call. And I guess that was, you know, that was a kind of moment of awakening where I was like, wow, I, I got to do some work because this, this thing I've been doing, just checking in, checking out and, and just doing whatever comes up for me, you know, oh, that's cool. Yeah, like, it's great. I'm blessed. I live in a really great country and I've got, you know, I've got money coming in and I don't, I've never gone hungry. I've got a roof over my head. But is it creating the version of myself that I want to be proud of in 10 years time, or I want my kids to be proud of, or what does that look like? And that was really the start of all this work. Well, we need those events to actually test our character, right? Like that you, you have something like it's easy to call it negative, but you have something testing come up, you know, it can be a relationship ending or it can be like, you know, losing your job or getting injured. You know, you can get like a massive injury you know, start losing the value of training. You could do, who knows, who knows what? Like, yeah, there can be so much stuff that happens and it gives you that test of character. And then if you have the level of awareness to see how you're responding to that event, you can ask those questions. So it feel like, like you, you, you spoke about, you know, your parents, you know, the, the trouble you went through when you were 15, 16, and you wouldn't have had that awareness back then. So you would just been like, 
do you know rat bag or whatever like i was i was fucking rat bag when that shit was going down with my family yeah yeah so, yeah, yeah. That, that was the beginning of you know all the 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 probably well i i don't like the word toxic but the the the, the anti anti-establishment or anti you know social um behavior of binge drinking and you know bad attitude towards women all of that stuff that young boys trying to be men um can can fall into and i definitely fell into a lot of those you know and uh and like i think it's kieran ray talks about the what is it the the, the feather the rock or the brick and so life will come along the universe will tickle you with this feather and you'll be like Oh, like go away and you'll just you don't you don't hear it and then they'll start throwing little rocks at you and all of these things you're like ah oh, what is that and then the brick comes and, and it knocks you out and you're like ah oh. and you can you can look back and that's a great example you know that when i was 15 16 it was like there's this feather going like how are you going to react to this stuff and you know the choices were made and and like i said earlier i'm grateful for them because i'm sitting here with the knowledge and the power to know where I'm got well to, to just sit with happy with who I am right now, but uh, yeah, but the brick came along and, and it, it, <laughs> it floored me, and uh, and it was a beautiful experience. That was when I, I literally uh, booked in to do Tony Robbins, uh, you know, what is it, UPW, went to that, booked in for all of his next ones, like did signed up for the whole lot, um, and that was really the beginning of, of you know, self development work, um, and then went to do you know, a lot of plant medicine stuff. Um, I've done the 10 days of silent meditation, Vipassana, and, uh, and then stumbled upon men's work at a really beautiful time. I think having done a lot of those things, the final piece for me that I felt was missing was that really deep connection to, to being a man and what that's like. And uh, found that and uh, have just had some really beautiful experiences and really good support around, you know, uncovering some of those belief systems and, and uh, yeah, it's just that's sort of where it's at now. Well, let's talk about that a bit because it's it's like that's that's what inspires me a lot about your message is like having that the view of like the modern man because yeah. we're growing up we're growing up in a society, especially if Australia Australia can be so so damaging for the man the male the masculine energy, especially yeah. in young boys through you know if you're playing sport there's a there's a heavy presence of like this manly kind of like you know there's so much shit that's that's wrong with it you know from what i can see and what i don't value anymore but i kind of was came up through that system and was so confused what it meant to be a man with the work you're doing with men now versus those kind of influences or behaviors you're modeling when you're 15 16 like what's the difference is like what what do you value what what to you is a is a modern man so i think what's first really good to premise with this is as boys we look to the men in our life as role models and the men in our life or in my life i'll speak personally because i don't want to throw a flag over everyone but the men in my life had looked to the men in their life and when we look through historically there is a really strong delineation around the time when we industrialized the world where men just went off to the coal mines instead of being in the, in the farms every day, a part of the community and growing up with the children and playing, they went off to the coal mines and they went off to wherever the goal, whatever it was, and they became industrialized and it became this detachment from the family home. So the mother became the primary raiser of the children and the father became a breadwinner, and that was kind of this standard role that we played for a really long time until about the 70s, 60, when the, the women's movement really disrupted that, which is great because we saw the disparity of, of everything that's going on. It highlighted how disproportionate the women's role was, but also how what we're seeing now is how disproportionate the male role is. So what's happened is the women have had some great success. There's still work to do, but they've had this really empowering success level, but the men are still sort of stuck in this, don't let your feelings show, turn up for work, pay for the bills, provide, you know, for the family. And that's a real broad brush, but there's a level of that. So if you look over generations of men, fathers, not being able to feel their emotions and then not being able to 
pass that on to their children, that then allows you to have a little bit more clarity on why we might be where we are. So personally, I didn't, my, my father told me he loved me nearly every, like most, you know, a number of times every day. Like I'm, I'm not talking about that directly, but I'm saying there are levels of influences over generations that men have held back, created walls and um, almost shut down their growth spiritually to grow economically, to become a more economic machine, earn more money, buy a better car, buy a bigger house, provide for the family, they've shut down their spiritual growth. Whereas women have almost lent into their spiritual growth to become more powerful in their own regard because that's what they needed to do to get out of their oppressed state. So I see this really interesting situation we're in where the women want to keep going up, but almost what's holding them down is the men because the men haven't reached the spiritual level where we can just go like this. It's, it's still like this. So what I see happening in the men's work is men are getting a space where they feel safe to access some of these emotions that they haven't felt safe to access. And then they're getting time to clear it and they're getting time to be supported in moving into what they want out of that. So, I think the, the, what to, the, the idea of this boy growing up in this, you know, manly Australian, you know, you go out and you become a chippy and you drink beer and you, you know, you don't talk about your problems and all of that. Suck it up. Yeah, you suck it up, you know, ah, she'll be right, mate, um, is a real thing. Um, and then so... And, and breaking out of that is really quite, quite challenging. And it does take one of those quite disruptive things, or it did for me, to sort of realise that that was, that was still running so strong. Um, and so the, to answer the question, I think the first part of that is awareness um, about where you are at and, and loving awareness, like accepting loving awareness that, oh, wow, I still have some of that. Like, I still do have some of those things that I just grew up with and they just run in me and then I get awareness of them. But you can't take judgment in there because when you put judgment on it, it, it casts a shadow. So it's loving awareness and compassion that, oh, this is where I'm at. And then finding a group or a support to be able to go, this is my stuff. I want to work on it. And, and that, that space holding of like, okay, brother, turn up. Like you turn up and we're going to hold you and it's still your work. It's, it's always your work, but um, it's that, it's, yeah. And I guess I've referenced the, the industrial age before that, the, the farms and even before that, the community, the brotherhood, you know, that I, it's been a beautiful lesson for me to actually lean into other men and go, wow, like these guys have my back. Like you've always, that's what we're searching for when we join a, join a footy team. Like we're, that's that camaraderie that we, we love that. It's just, it's finding a framework that uplifts you instead of keeps you at a ceiling is, is, is mainly the only difference. You know, the footy team can really keep you in a ceiling space and then there's a potential to be lifted up with the brotherhood as well. Yeah. It's like that. It's like there's that attraction to team sports because you're a part of something and there's this strong feeling of, you know, sense, sense of, you know, owner, you know, belonging yeah. to the, you know, belonging to the tribe, finding your tribe. I've got something to fight for here. I've got my brothers. Yeah. But then there's that whole like, lacking mentality of it. Like you don't actually do the work that truly matters for your, your spirit, like your emotional being. Like when you when you fucked up in a footy team, you don't want to talk to any of your mates about it at footy because you'd just be fucking slandered. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and you almost chat. Well, for me, I was channeling a lot of those emotions that I didn't know how to regulate into smashing the other guy like, like it's you, you're actually doing you are doing the best you can with what you've got you know that there's a heap of emotion in there that you don't want but you don't know how to regulate it so you jump on the footy field and you go as hard as you can and you just run into another block and it, there's a level of higher power to it but it's still there's there isn't what well, for me it was an unconsciousness and it took 15 years to, to discover that and, you know, it's, it's beautiful to see 
how unconsciously we still try to get to the right way with different means. Um, it's just, I believe we, we've, we don't have a really strong societal support network or, or, or awareness to go, wow, you know, like, and, and it's one of the things I'm really sort of thinking about now, like, how do we make that change in our younger generation? What do we provide children and, and coming of age adolescents? The tool, how do we, what tools are they? Like, what is it like? And that's one of the things I was like, that I wrote down is like, go out and live your life. So like that sentence to me is like, it's got a lot in it. Go, like go out. Don't just stay like in your little safety net. Um, live like, you know, actually be alive. And then you're like, it's, it's got to be on your terms. Um, and uh, so there's that, like, what can we give younger people? Like, how do we teach them to, if someone had have told me, oh, all you need to, at 15, all you need to do is regulate your emotions. I would go on, like, there's instant eye rolling and there's like, yeah, sure, man. And you, you, you grab a bag and you go to footy training. And so it's, I'm really interested to sort of work on that and see what is it that we give younger people in that situation? Because we're doing really good work at, well, the circles I'm in, I feel are doing really good work at our level. But then there is that adolescent thing, that almost that rite of passage. And there's some people that are doing really good uh, work on that. And I'm, I'm, I'm really interested in developing more of that as well. But how do we do that safely? How do we do that with love and kindness? How do we do that so we're relatable? You know, like even at 33, a 15-year-old and I, we've got, we got different viewpoints. So I need to work. And, and it's... it's yeah, it's a really interesting concept to sort of think about. And, and then, yeah, for, we're doing it, I'm doing it on my level right now. And I think there's an integrated man that I'm working on, but then how do I facilitate that for older generations and younger generations? And the older generations is a really interesting point too, because I've been doing a lot of research and I'm really passionate about, about now about eldership because we've got old people and that's, you turn 65 and you get a little card and you get your seniors card. So you're now an old person. That's all it takes to do. Whereas when we were living in a tribe, eldership was someone who had proven themselves time and time again. They were elected by the community for the community. And there was a real sense of connection to them. They were grandfathers and grandmothers and they knew the stories and they knew the places to hunt and they knew the land and they, so, how do we create the wisdom? Yeah. And how do we create that in modern society so that it's safe for our young people to go through what we had challenges with and what our parents had challenges with. So I think it's a really beautiful concept to, to, to dive into and for everyone just to, what does an elder look like to you? You know, I've been really fortunate with the group, uh, the MKP community of um, mankind project. Like there's some amazing elders there. And I remember when I went to do the training weekend that they do, which as soon as this COVID thing is over, I'll send you all the links and I highly recommend doing it. It's the best weekend I've ever done. But I arrived and it's, it's the first time a man with grey hair has looked at me, complete random, and I knew that just he loved me. Like he was there to hold and, and he said, I'm here, I'm going to follow you, I'm going to be with you through the weekend, I'm going to, I've got you. Like go where, go and do your work, we're here to hold you. And I, that's like, I, I didn't, I'm named after my grandfather because he died, one of my grandfathers, he died before I was born. And both of them were in the war and they just, they had, they'd had shit happen to them that but the one that was alive, he wasn't, he, he didn't know how to relate to us very well. He was always lovely and, you know, and he, again, he was doing the best he could with what he had, but there was a real lack in my life of eldership. And when I found that, I was like, wow, like, what a beautiful gift to be able to offer people. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's a really, it's that sort of the whole section, I guess. Yeah, fully. It's, it's there's such a big, such a big space that's missing with the integration of like, like the tribal means and all the, I guess like the tribal flow of energy and lessons and support that is lacking in our modern society. And we really see it within you know, the troubles in homes, the troubles in groups, you know, friendship groups, in teams, in workplaces, all this stuff. There's so many questions inside people that aren't being answered because there's not even a space to ask 
the questions. And so many people stuck in their, their routines of housework, yeah. you know, groups. They're not asking the deep questions of growth. And also what just came up for me was like back to this journey, climbing this mountain, there's, there's so much legislation and authority about doing things a certain way. We don't give people the benefit of like, I'm not saying go out and do something stupid, but people should like all the national parks right now, the camping grounds are closed because of this COVID thing, right? I understand there's a health issue, but stopping people going out into nature when they choose to, because they need to, I feel is a much bigger snapshot of what's going on in our world. Like, why is that a thing we shut down? Like I, I get where Bondi beach is a tourist attraction. I get that. Cool. But a campground where you choose to go on your own and sit in the bush and listen to some lessons from a much higher power than anything I can teach you, I think is, is really why that, that tribal aspect that we're really missing. And it's a really, yeah, it's, it's a powerful opportunity that I think is often over overlooked. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting to see what happens in day-to-day society. Even just even in the next three months, yeah. it's going to be really interesting to see how how this progresses, and then if it starts to ease off, then what the ease off looks like as well. I'm, I'm very interested to see how we respond. But you know, I'm grateful that you know people like yourself are within our communities and and people can connect. Like the other thing is like we have the opportunity to connect via technology, like back. Back, you know, years ago, you would have just been in your house and maybe had a radio to listen to and been like, what? And on the radio, there would have been some jargon, like bullshit media. So grateful for these experiences, right? And I think, like, personally, I'm leaning into them more than I normally do. Like, I sort of, like, I, I go into, like, binge social media and then I withdraw and then I... Whereas now I'm, like, I'm being really careful about how I use it, but I'm making sure I use it really proactively and I'm making better relationships and, or, or, or you know, um, fertilizing old good relationships and making sure that they are actually like influencing me the way I want to be or, or in a positive way, I guess. Are you doing any calls or anything at the moment with like anyone? Like are you guys what, with the Mankind Project? Yeah, yeah. So they're all on, they've just gone straight online. They're, they're all virtual. So we can, like, you can, um, you can anyone that wants to, um, find out about it. There's a new brand new website, mankindproject.com.au. Um, and they're all, there's like zoom calls nearly every day of the week, I think. Um, bon, uh, Sydney has Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So I'm on one of those, um, one day of the week, nearly every week. Um, you know, they're a little, they're obviously a little bit different. It's really nice going to a room full of men and, and, and setting that time out of your day. But considering you, like we say, the alternative would be to just shut it out it's really beautiful to reconnect and, and they're still really powerful. There's still some really good work going on and, and uh, yeah, it's, yeah. So that's all happening. Um, I've been, I've, I've been doing a zoom call with Mick from Cornerstone with his guys up there. So he set up one as well. So yeah, we're just, we're sort of just building that. And I think it's a really nice time to sort of just gently introduce it. So you doing any stuff personally, like you doing like personal coaching or anything or? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've got a few, like it's really early days. I've got a, um, I've got a few introductory calls. I've, um, yeah, set it up with Mick. Well, Mick and I have been talking about it for a little while. I did something up at his gym, uh, end of last year. So it was sort of just, he's built up this whole, um, system that he wants and a website and everything. And he invited me into it. So that's been really beautiful to be part of. And then, yeah, I've just been reaching out to a few other people and, uh, and just seeing how it, how it fits and where it fits. You know, like um, MKP is obviously a free event and I highly recommend it. But there's also sometimes there needs to be a bridging gap between that of like just a one-on-one. Um, and sometimes there needs to be a little bit a different view too. Like the MKPs are really, uh, it's a well-tested way of doing things but there's a lot of jargon there's a lot of like buzzwords and stuff and it can sometimes be a bit overwhelming for first timers um and they 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 mitigate that really well but there's some there's i think there's room for there's a moving scale on how you off what you offer and how you support people in this 
And uh, I'm really leaning into trying to broaden that as much as possible so I can reach as many people and then get the same or similar results. Um, so, yeah. Epic. Yeah, it's so cool. Um, if, if, it is, if it does come down to the you know, fact that we stay inside for, I don't know, up to nine months, who knows how long this thing could last. This is, there's going to be there's so much opportunity for people to connect via like Zoom and Instagram and you know calls or Facebook, whatever it is. There's so many groups and opportunities for people to still learn and not just be like isolated and feel secluded. Like there's so many great connections to be made. So yeah. it's just about reaching out and asking questions. So yeah, it's absolutely. And I think you know really stepping into that authentic, genuine vulnerable state where you're offering something that is relatable um, and and loving and kind is really it's a beautiful lesson for yourself and it's a great gift to to someone else or to to the world or the universe so um, yeah it's really fascinating for me to sort of think about that and even when I was saying it I was like yeah like just that's that's really what I want to do is just authentically vulnerably share as much as I can like not every day we're doing like I'm, I'm buzzing like this after a breath breath work session you know like some days I'm like man yesterday I woke up and I was just like I was a bit flat and I was like oh and I'd been up after this trip away and then I was like oh I just couldn't get my stuff together and I just I literally I owned it and I took a day I binged on Netflix in the afternoon and I had a burger for dinner and, you know, I did things that I normally wouldn't do. And I woke up today. I thought I'd wake up today because I had a bit of shitty food and I'd be a bit gluggy. I woke up today and I was on fire again. So, you know, I think, you know, just being gentle and, and uh, with ourselves and with others and then, yeah, offering, offering what we can as much as we can uh, is a really nice way forward for me is what I'm sort of looking at doing. Yeah, it's okay to have some off days, hey. Absolutely. Yeah, I definitely fell out of routine in the start of when the gym closed. I just, man, I was a bit out of whack. Started eating. I mean, I'm, I don't eat bad, but I like I was having some peanut butter, and I know it's not good for my guts. And I was like, just stuck in, and then got like two or three days, I started getting the shits. I'm like, what am I doing? I know, like, I need, I got to get back to my routine, and I got to get back and now I'm feeling good. So I start getting back into that routine of training and eating well and, yeah. and then meditating and doing all that stuff. It actually boosts our energy. It supports, you know, positive, positive vibrations in your body and makes you feel good instead of negative and unmotivated and slow and sluggish. Like getting back to that tuning in. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm pumped. Yeah. So let's talk about, uh, I want to, kind of bring it around full circle so you spoke about you're not sure how to go about it yet and there's some people doing it but if you had that opportunity to like and, and maybe maybe let's reframe it it's not not with your younger self but if you had like you know a 15 year old who was going through his parents were splitting up his friends were getting stuck in the booze you know he, he maybe he'd been taking drugs and stuff like it's starting to creep into that time where there's some opportunity to kind of follow the crowd. What would your advice be in in regards to looking after yourself? Yeah. Beautiful. I love that you finished on follow the crowd because um, I started reading Carl Jung's um, autobiography. It's dense, but um, it's great. And he talks about when he's like nine, he goes to school and he realizes for the first time that, he starts changing his personality to fit in. And it like, it was another brick moment, man. I was driving, I was listening to it on Audible um, and I was driving. I was like, it almost like had to pull over. I was like, wow. And I just got this flashback and I thought of it in regards to this question. I got this flashback when I was in about year six, we were doing, it was just our class, so 30 kids. Um, we were doing this thing on bullying and I'd been being bullied pretty bad um, early in that year by year six, maybe it was year five, but I'd still, it was still around, but it wasn't like, really bad but it had been really bad and um the teachers were basically so like it was it was a bad process because it was like if you believe in bullying everyone go and sit in one end of the corner and if you don't stand in the other like so it was like full like sectional and so but i'll never forget it. there was 
every girl in the class went and stood in. They, they think bullying is a bad thing or a, a thing. And nearly there was every guy except for one kid um, who got a lot, who got picked on a lot. And he had, and, and he went and sat with the girls and he believed in it. And I remember, I'd never thought of this and, and, until this book came up. I remember at that stage thinking that I wanted to go and sit with them, but no one, like, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't break away from the tribe. Like, I was like, no, 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 that's death. Like, and, and, and I remember this kid, and the kid, finally, the kid that was getting picked on, like, I didn't like him very much. I probably bullied him a little bit, like, in hindsight. And I remember having this admiration at, you know, what, 12 years old for this kid that had enough, like, in him, enough energy in him to stand apart from every other peer male in this class. Like, like I said, horrible process, but I, I remembered that. And so I think the first thing I wrote down when, when we talked about it was be true to yourself and don't change your beliefs to fit in. And that has been since probably that's, I don't know if that was the first time I didn't fit in much as a kid. I was a bit nerdy. We, you know, I was a, like parents, like solar power and I was a hippie going to school in the, in the redneck town. Right. So I changed schools when I was in year one and that was when I had to learn to fit in. And that's, so it probably started then, but that's a really big moment that's just come back to me recently. And the challenge I have with, with the question is there's a belief system that was inside of me that made me want to fit in. And how do you talk to a kid at 15 about that? That's, that's a whole different thing. But, but that, that's one of the things I'd like to, and, and I guess it leans into the next thing I wrote down is, is learn to go inward, learn to, you don't have to meditate, but just, you know, there's, there's a reason that so many young kids love surfing is because when they go, well, not, Obviously, it's fucking sick, but 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 also when they go underwater, <laughs> they when they go underwater, they've got to hold their breath. They've got it's silent, and then it's really loud. And there's this contrast between really really alive and really really quiet. And I believe, and then there's on the wave, you're really really present. So there's this again, this subconscious thing of putting yourself in positions to get what you need. Um, so. So there are two things. Um, and then I guess kind of how I started off to, to, to link around, like in, you know, going out and living your life, understand that that is the journey. Like every minute of it is. And the things that come up, the challenge, the hardest challenges in my life have been the fruits of like, like the, you know, the fruits They've, they've, they've given me so much, so many gifts. And another friend of mine in the men's work says, you know, um, beautiful gifts can come in ugly wrappers. And it's like, you know, some, <laughs> there's some challenges. Yeah, you know, there's some challenges, but you can grow from that. And so, yeah, like, obviously we don't want kids to go down the, the route of binge drinking and taking drugs and treating women badly and all of those things. And I think, but I think putting that on the 15-year-old or the, the kid that's going through it isn't necessarily the right way either. Like surrounding, allowing that person to be in a community that is uplifting and is role modelling the right behaviours is really how we're going to make the change. Because like I said, at 15, you could have told me anything. Like most of this stuff I was told. I, when I was uh, eight years old, my, underneath my grandmother's house lived an ex-Buddhist monk. Like I learned to meditate at a really young age you know, it, it, there's still a, a, an adolescence that that stuff doesn't necessarily go in um, or, or doesn't, it's not your default to go to. Like at 15, when I was feeling frustrated and, and wound up, I went and played footy. I didn't go and meditate. Like, so, but I think exposure to those things allowed me to get there in the end and allowed me to have the development that I've had that maybe someone else hasn't had because they weren't exposed to it at a young age. So, yeah, I think there's some really powerful things in, in understanding you're a beautiful, unique human being as you are and own it and believe in it. And then, you know, you can, you can as a 15-year-old, if you've got, if you're at that point where you're asking those questions, which I wasn't, but if they are asking questions, they can seek out a community of people, you know, like your gym was doing for your young people. And like, I know mix does for for the young people up there. And I think gyms are a really, I think gyms have a really good potential 
you know, like I'd, I'd really like to start developing more of this stuff in more gyms um, because I think there is a really great access between the physical body, the emotional body and the, the spiritual body and we can incorporate all of them. Um, so I think, you know, pushing those things if you, you know, um, but yeah, I, it's, it's hard to sort of give one thing. Uh, yeah, I don't know. All advice. <laughs> There's a lot in it. Yeah, it's pretty, uh, what came up for me is like, you can't, you can't tell the, you, you can't tell the young kid, you know, the young bloke who's in that crowd of, you know, starting a party and starting a binge drink and chasing girls and, you know, maybe, maybe being a dickhead and you can't tell them not to do it. It's, it's, it's more so maybe questioning, I want you to, when you're actually doing these or maybe the day after when you're hungover, be aware of the feelings, be aware of what you're actually feeling, be aware of what, what's happening in your head inside yourself when you've, you know, got involved in these behaviors. Do you, do you actually feel like deep down in your core, it's the right thing to do? And, and, and what's been really good for me is when it comes up, like I've still got, I've still got issues. Like when I'm really stressed or when I'm like, I, I still think just go get a, like a, a bottle of red wine. And sometimes it happens, right? Organic red. <laughs> I love it. But like, it's still, there is a, there is a, a pathology that's come up through, you know, that, that culture of Friday afternoon beers with the boys that I still have connection to. And so what's a really nice way of, okay, why am I, is it because I'm stressed about money at the moment? Or is it because I want to have a beautiful wine with my partner and really just lean into this experience? And one of them is enriching. And when I have that wine, I'm going to feel good about. And one of them, it doesn't matter how good it is, how like lack of preservatives is, I'll probably get a hangover because there's a, there's a mental connection to the negativity of that. You are trying to mask something here. So you're going to, I'm going to feel like shit the next day. And that's just, that's just, that's really true for me. So I think when these things come up, it's, it's hard when you're 15 though, man, like, you know, there's so many hormones and emotions and social groups and there's so much going on. It's kind of hard to pinpoint one thing, but, but just that taking a breath, you know, like taking five deep breaths and just going, wow, why, like, why is this a thing that I want to do? Why, why do I want to go in that car with those guys when they've been drinking? Why do I, you know, do I really want to do it? And just, that's, that's the one I really want to like, I'd really love to work out mm. a positive way to, to, to be able to teach that. I think. I think it's just scratched the surface to be honest, mm. taking, the, taking the five breaths. Yeah. 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 I've, I've just, just started to uncover this, this more and more, the more work I do on myself with breath work, I'm realizing that our tribal in the modern world. Yeah. If we really connect into the breath, it doesn't matter if you're in a city. You know, I spoke with Adam Kavanagh on the podcast uh, last week and his, was, his is all about the bush, like getting into nature and reconnecting with nature. And, and he says that's like a massive part of spiritual development, which I believe so. But I also think, you know, and, and I, I value that as well, but is the city slicker or the kid that grows up in Melbourne City going to have that opportunity to, to go out in the bush? Maybe, maybe not. And not even opportunity. Like I've got one of my best mates down here, Billy, you know, him. he grew up in Sydney. He loves it. It's home. Like he goes to the beach, but like for city people, that's home. Like you can't, I, I, it blows my mind. I'm like, how can you just like be so okay with not going out in the bush? And he's like, this, that's where you grew up up there. Like that for you is home. And there's different people have like, don't, I'm not saying all city people are like that, but a lot of city people just, they're okay being, they don't need to go out to the bush to have that thing. So yeah. So teaching them the breath work is, is a really good way to do that. Yeah. Like we, we had the, you know, it full circle for me with the breath work is like Adam's like out in the bush. We do a lot of the breath work. It opens up your heart chakra, you get really connected and you start to find your spiritual being. And then like, you know, just before COVID closed. So, you know, three Fridays ago, we had our, <laughs> state um, breath workshop at exalto yeah. we had like 55 people there but there was probably there's probably 15 um kids between 
Paddy was the youngest. Paddy was the youngest at like 11. And then the older, you know, like there was like eight, a few 17, 18 year old boys there. And man, we did like an hour of Wim Hof. Wow. And the vibes in that building were insane. Like the roof was lifting off. There was so much positive energy. And it was, you could tell there was that big dopamine release. There was that emotional release in everyone because everyone was wolf whistling and car hooing, man. It was like, it, it reminded me of an MDMA party. Like, it reminded me of what it And I think, like, again, providing those experiences for young people is because it's easy to go to a party. You know, like it's easy for them to go to a bar. So what do we do differently? Well, we provide similar experiences in different environments that are like, that are uplifting and that are showing a, a role modeling the right way. You, we don't, I think, I think what I really feel is we need to shy away from telling and directing and, you know, demanding that this is the way forward. And we just need to provide uh, situations and then role model the right stuff and conversations, you know, like in front of people, like don't shy away from, I read another really great book who is actually written by one of the elders in the NKP community, which is just amazing. And it's free on SoundCloud. It's called um, a journey home uh, and it's essays on living and dying. And, uh, and it really talks about how we shy away from the conversation around death. So we've got this culture that is scared of death. Kids don't hear about death. It's no, 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 that's, you're, you're too young. And while there's a level of truth to that, there's also where, how much more do we feed that into everything? No, 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 they can't understand what sex is. No, 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 they can't hear the swear word. No, no, no. And they become distrustful of parents because when, like, the, the drugs is a great example. MDMA is a great example. The whole campaign on MDMA is it's bad. And there is no 18 year old or kid that has had MDMA that the first thing they think is that's bad. <laughs> so they instantly think you're a liar. They instantly think you can't be trusted anymore. And so the breakdown is, well, if they're lying about that, what else are they lying about? And it's the same thing with booze. It's the same thing with sex. Anything that they've been told, no, don't do it. It's like, you know, look at the Catholic church around masturbating and things like that. It's like this, there was this whole shame campaign which brought these bunch of fucked up people out, but it also turned this, them against them because it was wrong. It does, it's not bad. It doesn't feel bad. You're not going to go to hell. All of that stuff. And so we created this society that doesn't trust anyone and we don't have the right conversations with our young people so that they then have to go and forge their own way. They have to test the boundaries on their own and that can be very misleading or, or dangerous and they feel ashamed to be exploring it as well you know like they don't want to talk they don't want to tell the mum and dad that they took drugs or they don't you know or that they got blind off their head and got in trouble or did something that they weren't proud of like there's no there's that open space doesn't exist to be like hey i fucked up yeah exactly or hey i really enjoy really enjoy the feeling of drugs why is that exactly there's no questioning it's already wrong so I have to hide it, which creates this thing of pushing stuff down, which only exaggerates the problem. Yeah, like if you push something, if you depress something, the opposite of expressing it is depressed. So that's where all that fucked up shit starts. To yeah. And that which leads to dis-ease in the body, which yeah. could be gut problems. And then, you know, so it's all related. And, it, and it's really about, and I, I do, and that's why I'm, what I'm really leaning into is working with people my age or, you know, young families to create the health in you. For me, like I'm really, for the first time in my life, I'm really like, okay with becoming a parent. Like I, I, I know it's going to be huge and crazy and all that, but I'm, I, but I carried that like fear of holy crap. Like, am I going to be a good dad? Like, cause I've got all these problems and, and now it's like, yeah, I still got the problems. They're still there, but I'm, I'm comfortable with being me and being able to sit with. Yeah. So yeah, it's, uh, I think, I think there's, it's such a beautiful complex space to, to try and navigate. Um, but yeah. Wow. So good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
I reckon that's a pretty good note to wrap it up on. That's yeah. uh, there's, there's so much potential for you to serve the world, man. You've got so much magic in you. And I knew that from the first weekend I met you up at Keeg's farm. In yeah. Yeah. I got to uh, catch up again in Sydney like a year, you know, two years later. And then, you know, now we're on a podcast again. You know, I'm excited to see what you do. Yeah, man. It's, 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 it's exciting times. Like, there's the, the, actually today I was like, oh my God, I've actually got like, oh, there's too many things going on. And I've really got to try and narrow that down and just like um, solidify one thing so that I can be really concise with it. So that's a really good focus for me at the moment. But um, yeah, I really, I, just the energy I feel when I start sharing this stuff and, and the potential to share it and, and actually make uh, powerful change is, is so great. And for, for any of you, your guys, like members or anything like that, um, if they want to reach out to me, I'd, I'd love to have a chat if there's anything going on for them. Um, and then, you know, like, I think I, I want to talk to Ez, uh, Ezra in Brisbane about some stuff too. And, you know, if, if you've got something that you think this could fit with in, a, in an online thing for a little while, just as a support thing, man, like there's some stuff going on and we, I think we're just at the start of it, you know, so I'd love to offer a space for people to just come in and, and feel safe. And that builds my, my, um, my confidence and my skills but it also gives me a greater network of people to sort of go, wow, that was, that was a really beautiful way that that happened. And so the more people, the, the merrier at this stage for me. And uh, yeah, I'd love to, love to keep talking about that offline. That's good. So where can people reach you? Um, yeah. Instagram is just um, Jack J A K M A Y 87. Um, so that's probably my main, um, platform at the moment i've got a website which is just jackmay.com.au um and that's sort of i'm sort of ramping that up at the moment um writing blogs and stuff like that that's also got all my art stuff which we didn't even touch on but um <laughs> so there's there's heaps on there um notes here that we didn't even touch <laughs> the whole thing which is all part of it as well like leaning into that 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 creative aspect which is a feminine part of me actually allowed me to realize oh wow there's so much masculine work that I got to do. Like it's so yeah, that's a whole nother podcast, but yeah, I think, uh, yeah, some, some beautiful stuff. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's it, man. Epic. All right, brother. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And, um, yeah, I'll leave, uh, I'll leave your details in the show notes so that everyone can, uh, they can reach out to you if they want, but yeah, super grateful for you, bro. And I'm keen to see what you get up to. Thanks, brother. Thanks for the chat. It was just um, yeah, full of love. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's epic. I'll see you later. Bye. Bye.